Yesterday, I was wearing black because, uh, and I, I told the congregation on Saturday, I was wearing black because I'm here to talk about curses. So today, I'm not wearing black, I'm wearing white. And then uh, Pastor Chris came up to me earlier in the service and he said, oh, you only got one black shirt. Huh? The truth is, yes, I only got one black shirt. <laughs> but at the same time today, I'm also talking about blessings. And to talk about blessings and curses, I'm going, our text today is going to be Deuteronomy 28. Actually, we're talking about the whole chapter, but uh, there are 68 verses. Uh, so if you want me to read 68, can. But then I think for the sake of time and sanity, I will read uh, verses 1 to 9 and then 13 and 14. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 9, and then verses 13 to 14. I'll read from verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herbs, increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray for the sermon. Father in heaven, may the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as I start from our text today, what is Deuteronomy 28 all about? For those of us that are familiar with the Old Testament or that read the Bible every day, as much as possible. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 is about blessings and curses. The whole chapter from verse 1 to 14 is blessings. And from verse 15 to 68 are curses. And that's why this chapter is known as blessings and curses. But why is it there? Right? So first of all, just a short intro on what this chapter is about. This is the end tale of Moses' farewell address. The whole of Deuteronomy is Moses' a farewell address to Israel. Why? Because he is dying. And second, because they are going where he cannot follow. They are going into the land, the promised land which the Lord, your God, is giving you. Why did Moses say giving you? Because not giving him. Moses is barred from the Holy Land and he must fall away so that Israel can gain her promise. So, it, this is a very important to Moses. Huh? And so is his because this is Moses' farewell address, he wants Israel to know what's really on his heart. And that is that Israel 
must, Israel must remember the Lord wherever they go. They must remain loyal to God. Because who asks us the question, who did God cut the covenant with? Which generation? Was it Joshua's generation where God first appeared to Moses in the burning bush and said, take off your sandals? Who was it? It was to Moses' generation. Moses' generation was the one that walked through the Red Sea. Moses' generation was the one that was collecting manna all this while. But Moses wanted the next generation, this generation that will occupy the land, not to forget the Lord their God. And this is why in this part is also the covenantal reaffirmation. Your fathers made this covenant. Now you make this covenant. So this is Moses' farewell address and a reaffirmation of the covenant. And also for those of us who are history buffs, this follows a certain format, right? In the ancient Near East, so that means in old, old, old Israel, uh, in the Middle East, um, there used to be this thing called a vassal treaty. So what is that, right? It means that when I conquer you, when I'm a, or I become your king, I give you a contract to sign, just like your bosses, right? I'll give you a contract to sign. And this contract will give you benefits. Uh, uh, usually in the past is I don't kill you. And uh, curses. If you do not fulfill your responsibilities, all these curses will come onto you. And there's this, um, old, there's this uh, document called the Vassal Treaty, Vassal Treaty of Enshahadon. Uh, it's, it's a mouthful even for me, right? And it's got 800 verses, not of blessing, uh, of curses. If you, don't, if you don't pledge your loyalty, 800 verses worth of curses for you. Here, we only got 54. Praise the Lord. So, this, this format is what Moses was handing down. This is the format of Deuteronomy 28. So, as with all people who have signed contract, right, what are blessings and curses then? Right? Uh, who here has signed an employment contract before? Yeah, me also. I, I signed. Okay, maybe you're not old enough. Who here has signed up for Facebook, Twitter, uh, no, Meta? Uh, no more money anyway. Who has signed up for any social media account? What is the first thing that appears? Uh, what's the first thing? Ah, TNC, right? The thing that come up that you never read and then you, you scroll all the way to the bottom so you can take the thing and then they sell all your data away <laughs> to make money. Right? That's the one that appears. Right? That's the contract. In the Old Testament, they, we don't have, it doesn't have T and C, but it has B and C, blessings and curses. And in the Old Testament, this contract, the T and C for God's covenant with us, that's blessings and curses. So, of course, the immediate question is, like that, huh? Is it worthwhile? Right? We always think that, I want to sign the contract, must look at the pay first, must look at the benefits first, all these things, right? And so that may cross our mind. And um, there, there are very many blessings that attend to us. I think I have this. Yes! And from verses 1 to 14, it lists down all the blessings that God promised those of us who enter into covenant or contract with the Lord. And that is blessed in commerce, blessed in fruitfulness. You know, I'm not going to go through everything, but I'm going to give us an example. 
So, earlier on, I read from uh, Deuteronomy, verse 28, some of the blessings, right? But we may not really understand it being modern people. So, take for example, right? Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Okay. Huh. Sound very, sound good, right? But, huh? What does it mean? Who here want God to bless your basket? Who here? Huh? Some people? Okay. Which basket? Which basket? Your laundry basket? Your Shopee basket? Huh? Which basket? Ah, good question, right? What does that mean? So, let me ask you. When, imagine you're back then, uh, Moses' time, and the manna fall down. It's a new day. So, manna fall down, everything white. Wow, very nice winter wonderland, and you want to go and collect your food. What do you bring to collect your food? Basket. That's right, you bring the basket, then you put all the manna inside. And God is saying, I'll bless your basket. So the basket won't rip, it won't fall, and so your work will be blessed by God. What about kneading bowl? Who here knows what a kneading bowl is? Yes, praise the Lord for bakers. All the bread makers. I tell you, uh, Psalms 31 say that the women of valor makes bread for her household. <laughs> I don't know how big bread is. Either. But who here wants the kneading bowl? The kneading bowl is to knead dough into bread. Correct? Yeah, so God bless your kneading bowl. Means what? Your dough increase, then you got more work to do. <laughs> what kind of blessing is that? Uh, praise God for kitchen aid. But then, what God is trying to say here, right? I will bless your basket, I will bless your kneading bowl, is I'll bless your work. Right? When you do your work, it will not be fruitful, it will not be fruitless, sorry. It will not be futile. I'll make it successful. That's what that's God's blessing. Who wants that? Who wants God to bless your work? Ah, yes. All the good, honest people. What about you will be blessed in the city, you will be blessed in the country? Of course we know what, is, what does it mean to us, right? What does it mean to be blessed in the city, right? Where I walk, is it flowers will come up? What does it mean? So what happens in the city? Even in ancient Israel, what happens in the city is the ruling of the people, politics. What happens in the city is the trading of goods, right? We trade, exchange money, commerce. What happens is business. What about the countryside? Okay, country. Right? We may think country, oh, what happened in Singapore? No. When it says country in the Bible, especially in Old Testament context, it means the field, right? When the Levites did not have enough money to run the temple, did not have enough money to support themselves in uh, Nehemiah, what happened? They went to the country to tend to their fields. What God is saying is that when I bless you in the city, when I bless you in the country, what He's saying is, I bless your business. I'll bless your commerce. I'll bless your activities. Wherever you are, I bless you. Now, who wants that blessing? That's right. We want God's blessing. And this is, and God, God's reply is this. If you want my blessing, then heed the words of Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments. In other words, obey and be blessed. So that's what blessings, that's what the blessings are in Deuteronomy 28. What about the curses? Right? 14 verses of blessing. 54 
versus of liability. Oh, so you got this contract that tell you the benefits, right? Now the liability is like, whoa, why would I want to get that, right? Why, why the liability three times more than the blessing? So there are two reasons to this. First of all, Moses and God knew the condition of our hearts. You know, uh, I have a dog, right? I got, recently I got a small dog, and his name is Dango. He's the cutest dog. Uh, I'm super biased. Cutest dog I've ever seen. And we recently got him spayed, right? So, um, yeah, castrated. And he likes to bite himself, you see. So they sewed up the, the little cut, and we cursed him with a cone of shame. Right? I can disturb him a lot because he cannot see me coming from the side. Uh. Then I just tap the cone of shame. Hey, what happened? Right? So it's, it's very fun to play with him like that. Uh, not animal abuse. I love my dog. Please don't call SPCA. But why does he have that cone of shame? Because if he don't have, you know what he's liable to do? He's liable to bend down because he's itchy, he will rip out his stitches. And that would be an absolute disaster for him, for me, but much more so for him. And why are there so many curses, 54 verses of curses? Because Moses knew his generation. His generation, the one that cut the covenant, that saw the glory of God, that saw the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, they were faithless. And you know what Moses was afraid of? He was afraid that this generation, this Joshua generation that he was speaking to, they would be faithless. Not because they are lesser than his generation, but because men's hearts are all the same. And that is why God gave 54 verses of curses also. Because he knows our hearts, prone to wonder, prone to love sin, and so, he must put up more no-go signs. Don't go here. Don't go here. At the same time, there are not 54 curses. <laughs> there are not 54 curses. In fact, all of the curses are based on the blessings. If you read all of the curses properly, it repeats. there are many repeats in the various curses. And all of them are simply, you, you see the, the blessing, then you take out one Uno reverse card, you put down, reverse. That is the curse. And we can see this in Deuteronomy itself. So it says here, right, uh, Deuteronomy 28 verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. If you thought that was familiar, right, that's because the blessing is exactly the same. It, uh, except reversed. Uh, it says here in Deuteronomy 28 verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies to rise, uh, who rise against you to be defeated before your face and they shall come out against you one way and flee seven ways. So uno reversal card. Huh? And that is actually repeated again. It's pretty, in Deuteronomy 28 verse 64, then the Lord will scatter you amongst all peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. There are not more curses than blessings. It's just the reverse. And Moses and the Lord 
wanted us to know that please, please, don't disobey God. When you disobey God, the curses will come upon you. In fact, the Lord said, if you obey God, the curses will over, the blessing will overtake you. The same, if you disobey God, do not rejoice in serving Him, the curses will overtake you. Same word. Right? But Moses was also trying to convey more than that. He was trying to tell the people of Israel, Yahweh is your king. Remember earlier I said, in the ancient Near East, there's this format. It's called the Vassal, Vassal Treaty, right? Which means that one of, one of the parties is a king, the other are the subjects. And Moses was trying to get the people of God, this new Joshua generation, to learn to love the Lord. You love the Lord, God will bless you. You abandon God, curses will overtake you. Moses wanted them to love the Lord. However, as we would later know, this sort of pedagogy or this sort of teaching, this sort of direction was not successful. How do we know this? Because later, Israel would abandon God. They would abandon God in Judges, right? Immediately after they conquered the land, they would go back into worshipping other gods and they would also blaspheme the Lord their God. After that, when the kings came, there are, there are basically four, if you can count Solomon, which I, I don't think you can really count. Uh. There are four good kings in all of Israel, Israel's history. Four good kings. The rest were pagan. Israel abandoned. Israel would abandon God. Why? Because they sought blessing from elsewhere. They sought they sought blessing from other gods. This, this agenda of blessing and curses would invariably fail. Why? Because the hearts of men are hearts of stone. So, some of us may also ask, yeah, if only it was so simple, right? If only our hearts could be turned by blessing and by curses into hearts of flesh that love God, then of course, all the time when we obey, we will be blessed. And all the time that we disobey, we will be cursed. But I ask us today, is that true? Do you know somebody, a friend, who loves God, who gives their life to Christ, who is the, most, who is the kindest person you know, the most God-fearing person you know, yet they struggle. They struggle with finance. They struggle with sickness, with cancer. They struggle with catastrophe. I know people like that. And yet, there are others, wicked men, who have cannot a wit for God in their whole life, that go around buying social media platforms. Hey, who, why you laugh? Who you're talking about? And it seems as if they are blessed for no reason, even though they care not an inch, not a tittle for the Lord. So why does God bless and why does God curse? Well, we find this in Deuteronomy once again. Deuteronomy, it says, and he shall set, no, 
Deuteronomy 28 verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, and walk in His ways. God blesses. So first of all, why does God bless? God blesses so that He can establish us as a kingdom, as His people. This is what my people do, right? He wants to see us succeed in following after Him, in loving God and loving our neighbour. And so we get the Ten Commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And uh, summary word, love your neighbour as yourself, right? That is what God, why God blesses us, because He wants us to become a people that love Him and love each other. Why? Because God is love. This is what God is like. He blesses us when we do what we ought to do, which is love God and love each other, not because He's trying to win us from us our loyalty by, you know, as it were, what we call rice Christianity, uh. Give out handouts so people will come and vote for you. Sounds familiar. He's not trying to do that. God blesses you. Why? Because blesses, God blesses our obedience simply because God is good. And He wants all the world to know that. He wants all the world to know that because we are... Ble- so, here in Deuteronomy, it says, I think Scripture speaks better than me. It says, Then all the peoples, Deuteronomy 28 verse 10, Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of God, and they shall be afraid of you. The word here, afraid, is not cowering in fear. It means revere. And what that means is that God wants to bless us, so much so that when people look at us, right, they don't see like, wow, this guy is smart, this guy is capable, IQ 999, no, they want, God wants to bless us so that when people look at us, they say, only God can do such a thing. And they revere us because of the God standing behind us. This is why God wants to bless us. He is good and He wants to draw all men into His goodness. So why does God then curse us? I did mention about this earlier. God exposits a lot on the curses. Moses exposits a lot on the curses. Why? Because he knows our hearts. He knows that I can, he can say over and over and over again, and yet, like, like horses, we need to, we will not listen, and we can only be led by bit and burdle. So, for, for my wife, right, uh, for me and my wife, I have this saying for her. Um, um, my, words, my, my words sort of uh, set the rules. Her tears built the house. Right? So I elucidate whatever made her cry. <laughs> and then that becomes a rule. But her tears built the house. Because she is hurt by it. Unfortunately, I learned through that pain of hurting her that I need to love her better. I need to do, I need to be a better husband. Is it a curse? Yes, it is. But in 
in that cursing, my marriage becomes stronger. And this is the same for God. And in fact, it's, it's not alien to the, to the Bible. The psalmist in Psalm 119 actually says this, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. God, God curses us when we dis- or God curses us when we disobey so that we can come and repent, so that we will know what is wrong and what is right, and so that we can love God better and of course be more and of course find success ourselves. God does not want us to go down the wrong paths, and therefore there are the curses. God wants us to go down the right paths, and therefore there are blessings. But as I said, these words sound sweet, like Chris's voice doing announcements. However, the heart of man is hard. And the Lord realised this. The Lord, I mean, He knew this to be the case, although He did give a lot of chance. And so, the law failed in this sense. Although the law was right in expositing what we must do, and what we must not do, how we can love God and how we do not love God. Yet, our hearts only sought after our own good. Take for example, when I say, who wanted to be blessed? I put my hand up, right? Some of you also put your hand up, the honest ones. Why did you want to be blessed? Was it for your sake? Was it for your family's sake? All good reasons, huh? Was it so life would be easier? Was it so you can go and buy social media companies? Or was it for God? If we're honest, most of the time, it's the former, not the latter. For ourselves, we ask for blessings. And this is a problem that God also recognised. And so, to answer, this is a conundrum, right? But how? How do we get people's hearts to turn from stone to flesh? How can we get people to love God for, for God's sake? Well, you give them love. And that was God's answer in the ultimate example. The one who fulfilled even the law, God gave us His love in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Jesus, he was obedient every day of his life and he was correspondingly blessed, right? The word of God is true. Let, all, let God be true and all men be liars even though the, the curse and blessed regime, right, did not work. Yet still, God fulfills it. He fulfilled it in Jesus Christ because Jesus was obedient every day of his life. Philippians 2 tells us this. Philippians 2 verses 8 to 9, and being found in appearance as a man, that is, in appearance, like any one of us with a hardened heart, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You know, when we put up our hands and say we want to be blessed for our sake, it is our life which we want to be blessed. In fact, we want to avoid death as much as possible. But here, Jesus obeyed totally reverse of that. He obeyed even to death. 
death, not a glorious death like some of the heroes of, uh, of Chinese culture, of Roman culture, you know, the Bakzang guy, I can't remember his name. We hold him as a, as a patriot, a glorious death. Jesus did not die a glorious death. He died on the cross. He died in a way that only traitors and, and rebels die. And he hung naked for everyone to see. Jesus did not die a glorious death. He died a shameful death. But he was obedient even unto this end. And verse 9, it says, Therefore God has also exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. Jesus was obedient even to the uttermost. And God blessed him, not just to have eternal life, but we sang that song earlier, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Jesus became the fount of every blessing, so that whosoever believes on him will not, will surely not perish, but live forever. This is the promise given to all of us. This is the blessing that God gave to Jesus. And God, and this program, God has taken, as it were, a pale or an unending stream of love. And He has decided to water our stony hearts until they become fresh soil for the gospel. This is God's blessing to Jesus in hopes that we would start to love God not for blessing's sake, but because God is good. But Jesus was also cursed, was he not? The Bible is also, it's still true. Huh? He who hung, hangs on a tree, he is cursed. That is what the Bible says. And at the same time, Jesus, but at the same time, Jesus didn't disobey. Jesus knew he was a man that knew no sin, yet became sin, so that we may know the grace of God. And this is a bit different from the curses that we saw earlier. God, the earlier, the, the earlier regime was that God cursed us so we know, don't go there, don't go there, correct? But in Jesus Christ, something changed a bit. It is no longer just a no-go sign. It becomes, it becomes God's opportunity to make good out of our troubles. For some of us here, we may think we are under a curse. Maybe it's a physical ailment that you have. Maybe it's a disease like cancer. Maybe it's a mental illness. Maybe you are depressed. Maybe you are suffering under your own self-image. Or maybe you think that you're so sinful that God has cursed you. Maybe you're even right. But in Jesus Christ, God has given, He has amended the law a tiny bit. It's all true still. Everything is true. He has just changed it a bit. And that is, when God curses you, now He can make good out of your trouble. He can turn your curse into a blessing. He can bless the world even through your weakness. And this is the promise of Jesus. This is a promise Jesus gives to all of us. Not so that we can chase after these blessings, but in the hope 
And this is why God has faith. He has faith in you. He has faith in us. He has faith that when He pours out His love on us, that is the Spirit of love, the Holy Spirit, that our hearts can change. Our hearts can turn from hearts of stone to hearts of flesh, from hearts that are turned inwards on ourselves to love ourselves only to now loving God and loving each other. To become, as Moses said, to be established as a holy people, God's people. There is God's hope for us. There is God's hope for you. And we can make this come true by obeying God because He is good and by avoiding disobedience or even using it as an opportunity in Jesus' name to turn our lives around. And so this is the contract that God has given to all of us. Is it a bad contract? Not so bad already, right? Not only will God bless your obedience, but even your disobedience, even your curses, God will bring life out of them. This is the gospel of Jesus. But ask us this question. Who is this contract relevant to? If your boss hand you your employment contract, is it for your spouse? Is your spouse being hired by your boss? No. It's to you. Correct? When you sign the TNC for Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or whatever, is it for your friend? Or is it for you? For you. The covenant of God and the promise of Jesus, who is it for? Is it for the Amorites? Is it for the Huzites? Is it for the otherites? Who was God's covenant for? Which I? Israelite. Who is God? Who is Jesus' covenant for? For us. And only us. Do you know that? Those that do not believe in Jesus, they will not be blessed because they obey. They don't even know what to obey. And for their curses, they receive no reprieve. They do not have a perfect plea before the throne of God. And God will not be pleased to look upon them and see Christ the same way He's pleased to look upon us and for the sake of Jesus, pardon us. Do we have friends? Do we have friends that need to hear this love of God? They need to know that their lives are not wasted that their work is not futile. They need to meet this God who will make good even out of their troubles. Do you have family? Family who are hopeless, who are lost totally under the curse of Adam, who need to hear that the new Adam in Jesus is here to set them free because they are not under this covenant, you know. They are not under this contract. But you, who God has blessed, we, who God has blessed with salvation, we are blessed to be a blessing.
And so, my sermon today is actually be blessed and not cursed. But in reality, because of Jesus Christ and because of the work He has given us to fulfill, it should actually be, be a blessing because you are no longer forever cursed. I'll ask us this question to close before we sing the song of response, hopefully not alone. Would you, this Christmas season, consider going out to your friends who need Jesus, who need to come under this loving law of God, this loving covenant of Christ? Would you consider going to them this Christmas season sharing and sharing God's love with them, sharing the gospel with them? I'll ask us this question. And to respond, I'll ask that last rise to sing this song of response before the throne of God above. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest
Father God, you have given us your love in the person of your Son, Jesus Christ. And you have called us with your Holy Spirit to respond to you, to respond in love for you and in love to our fellow men. So Lord, as we understand how much you love us, your goodness and your mercy, even in your judgments, Lord, fill our hearts with thanksgiving. Fill our hearts with gratitude so that we know that those who need you, Lord, we can be your word, your gospel to them and bring them into the unending promise, that unfettered love and blessing that is life in you. So Lord, send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit so that we may be your blessings, we who were first blessed by you, our Lord Christ. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, before you leave, I want to say this one thing. I do firmly believe that God can bring good out of our troubles because of Jesus. And if you, if you have, if you feel you are under a curse, if you feel like you need God to free you and break through for you, I will ask, come to the front. Let us pray with you because God wishes to bless you and break through your curse. Amen? Amen. Church, service is over. God bless you. Have a great week.